Thanks for listening to this Word in Your Ear podcast. If you'd like to get early access to all our productions ad-free, priority booking for our live events, and to take part in our weekly quiz, go to patreon.com slash wordinyourear for more details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You're listening to a podcast from The Word. The problem that we have at the moment is that it's, um, it's, it's, we've got too many bits. And we've got too many, too, too, it's too long, because the show's only going to be 55 minutes, tops, hour tops. So it's all about getting the juice and getting, getting to the story, getting to the end of the story quicker than you would normally take. We've actually started this week's podcast, okay? You'd be surprised to hear, we've actually started it. It's the first time that a word podcast had come through you from a garden shed. Yes. <laughs> in, in a leafy suburb of North London. And first of all, you're hearing there... Matthew Priest, from uh, probably best known from Dodgy. However you'd like to introduce me, Dave. Absolutely. <laughs> and the shed actually belongs to Maurice Bacon, uh, which you might know if you go slightly further back, yes. from Love Affair. Yes. And what they both have in common is that they're both, they're both drummers, have been for, for a long, long time. Yes, and what brings us here is a show that you chaps are putting on at the Edinburgh Festival... And probably you'd like to take it further than that. I'm I, sure. well, I think we might. Think you? Royce might do that. And it's it is if you have ever been a drummer or you've ever harboured the feeling that drummers are a species that don't get their fair shake. Yeah, two drummers drumming, which is the name of the show. It is. Yes, mm-hmm. is going to correct that all those misapprehensions. Is that fair enough? Is that fair enough stuff? Yes, I think yeah. that's fair enough. So Matthew, tell us tell us what your what the show will contain. What's it going to be about? It's a chat. Evening, is it that is, right? It's, it's going to be a chat. Um, um, we, there, there will be some drumming. You know, we, we will be attempting to teach the audience uh, a little bit of um, how to play the drums, etc. But, but I suppose the desire, really, from the start of the show to the end, is that well, we're going to ask people at the start of the show who's prepared to stand up and say they, are, they would be proud to be a drummer. And we're not going to get that many takers, obviously. And at the end of the show, <laughs> yeah. at the end of the show, the, the, the desire is that all of the audience... Um, proudly claim proudly it. stand up and say, glad to be gay I'm yeah. Glad, exactly yeah, 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 yeah. sing if you're glad to be a drummer exactly yeah. and that's the <laughs> idea is that, is that we'll be given all the different we'll, we'll, it'll be stories it'll be stories of our lives uh, and the characters that we've met all facets of being a drummer how it feels it's, how to start it's workshop how to it's play. therapy it's, it's, it's absolutely everything and of course drummer jokes 
Of course, which we'll, we'll come to those. I'm sure there's going to be a rich seam of those. So, so Maurice, let's come to you. You, you. You're both talking as if as if drumming is, is a kind of stigmatised profession, you know, that, that, that people really do look down on drummers. I have to say that I've, I have great difficulty sympathising with this point of view because I don't look down on drummers well, at all. And I'm not what? saying that because I'm trying to ingratiate myself <laughs> here. Well, I, I, I just came to me a, a, a thought that I... a, a story uh, that... Um, my son, who goes to a school locally here, or used to go to school locally here, had a music teacher. And my first introduction to this music teacher, who, by the way, was a bass player, was, <laughs> what do you call someone who hangs around a band? Yeah. A drummer. Yeah. What do you call, what do you call, oh. some, what do you, what do you call someone who hasn't got a, what do you call a drummer who hasn't got a girlfriend? Homeless. And that's his introduction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm Morris. I'm the father of you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and he just yes. gets rid of all yeah, these yeah, drummer yeah, jokes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's what people. That, that's the sort of image that people have of drummers, I guess. So when did you start? This is going back, isn't it? I started, you started playing the drums. I started in a, in a, in a, sh- in a garage. I shared a garage not far from here um, in 1966. Right. Um, when I was 14, and uh, in, a, in, a, in our shed there was a or a garage there was was a drum kit because I have a very famous uh, uncle who was a drummer. I have a cousin who was a drummer. My father was a drummer. Oh, I see. So you had the equipment. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, now that's the first... In the blood. That's the... the, What I remember most about bands who had drummers in the 60s back then was that they're all people who'd inherited the equipment. Yeah. Because you couldn't afford to buy it then, could you? Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's like tobogganing. (laughs) <laughs> it's a rare piece of equipment if you happen to have that we will actually use it but anyway so the first group you, you sort of lucked into yeah with a bunch of guys from round here is that yeah fair? well actually it, what it was is my father I was a very very you know 14 I didn't you know couldn't really start a band it was a bit too young to do that but my father uh, who was a, the drummer who had gone into business actually set up uh, and helped me set up and, and put an advert in Merrymaker and, 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 and basically got uh, local musicians and we found people from, mainly from Finchley in actual fact. For some so it's basically, reason. come and play with my son, was yeah. that the uh, idea? Well, well, one, yeah. Thing, yeah. one thing that Morris does always conveniently forget to say <laughs> is that his father was a handbag magnet. Because <laughs> we found a little bit of stuff on the Do internet. you mean magnate or magnet? <laughs> no, 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 I like no, to what? say magnet, <laughs> but the word properly is magnate. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm trying to work out is, yeah. is a handbag magnet, is that the actual clasp <laughs> on the handbag or is it like an older version of a fanny magnet I don't yeah. know <laughs> Yes. But he always completely forgets to say yeah, that his well, dad it, was it in handbags. His dad had a few quid. He had a few quid, and, and, and he was able to fund the, the setup of um, the, which was the love of the first band I ever played in was actually the was actually called the Soul Survivors, and then changed the name to Love Affair. And like millions band. of groups since then have been called the Soul Survivors. Indeed, yeah. 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 Nobody's yeah. ever been successful called <laughs> yeah. the Soul Survivors. <laughs> and then always, Oasis <laughs> were probably called the Soul <laughs> Survivors. Yeah. You know, it's one of those names that just passed around. There's a band now called Soul Survivors. There will be. Touring, yeah. Yeah. There will be. Yeah. Every yeah. country yeah. in the world, yeah. there will be a band called and Soul Survivors. it's S-O-U-L, by the way. So the Soul Survivors became... The Love Affair. Love Affair. Now... For younger listeners, yes. this won't mean as much as it, it does to me. Right, indeed. Because yeah. Love Affair, first single, nearly? Yes, well, we had, we had, one, we had one single on Decca called She Smiled Sweetly, which, which sort of came and went. Yeah, and then, and then we had one CBS. of the biggest records of the 60s, unfortunately. Which, uh, so unfortunately, because, because the next four hits we had... No one ever remembers. <laughs> no. So the f- the first big hit was Everlasting Love, yeah, which yeah. is kind of Robert Knight song, isn't it? Was it was a Robert Knight song, yeah, Robert Knight. American Knight, soul it, classic. Exactly, yes. And yeah. uh, was enormous. It sold over a million, didn't it? Yeah, we're well, still, I mean, we're still. I mean, I, I, I'm very happy with the fact that after 40 years, I'm still getting royalties for that record. So you managed to get something? 
Oh yes, no, it's a huge. I mean, it's you know, it's in films. It's in all you know, going on compilations around the world. It's a. So you've managed to preserve some kind of rights over it, have you? Because yes, I would yeah, have guessed yeah. that you know years ago you'd have signed those away, sixteen-year-old no, boy. No, we, we were just after that period. We were just before that in the earlier sixties. So a little bit of morality yeah, was yeah, trying yeah, to come like, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually reading a book at the moment called Timpan Alley, which is about the the late fifties and early sixties of Timpan Alley, which is the Denmark Street, right. and that's where people physically sold songs for fifty pounds. Yeah. And they'd sell big, massive hits of, the, of those days. Would be sold for fifty. That's all they get was fifty pound because they take the money and go to the pub and drink it all. Yeah, it's yeah. A fascinating book about. about well, don't, that. don't forget that I mean, your father was the manager and did own the rights to the name. So therefore, um, it was passed down to you. Yes, indeed, 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 indeed. Bit yes, of confusion yes. that I always think. How did you, as a drummer, get the rights to the name? Because <laughs> of course, because it was your father. Because yeah. <laughs> normally the drummer is the last one. Yeah. <laughs> is that fair, that fair to say? Yeah. Fair to say. Do you know any cases of? Bands who are nowadays, this is interesting, okay, apart from Phil Collins, mm. where they're all, you know, sitting in their country piles and looking back on their huge careers. Do you know any cases where the, where the drummer is the richest one <laughs> and the rest of them are all, are all brassic? Because I don't. <laughs> oh. Don Henley had Eagles, yeah, possibly. Don Henley, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're all pretty wealthy in the Eagles. Yes. Yeah, well, exactly. I don't know. No, they were, so I've just been reading the book about that. Henley, the yeah. Henley and Frey are the two who are uh, right, very okay. wealthy, and the rest of them were all fairly bitter one way or another. Uh, Timothy okay. B. Schmidt's very bitter, isn't he? I, yeah, well, I, Don Felder has written a book about how yeah. bitter he is. I actually found out <laughs> the it's, book. A, it's actually <laughs> Timothy Bitter Schmidt, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don, B. stands for bitter, doesn't oh, it? I, I won't go to Don Felder. I'm going to try and get him yeah. on the podcast in, in due course because yeah. I'm absolutely fascinated by this story. But anyway, at 16 years old, yeah. first TV appearance, yes? Top of the Pops, yeah. Top of the Pops, yeah. Everlasting Love, yeah, number one. Number one, yeah. 16 years old. Just turned 16, by the way. <laughs> it was my so week of my 16th birthday. What is that like? Weird. I could, I, in retrospect, it's weird. It's, it's weird in a way that I, I, my regret is I wasn't 20. Because <laughs> you don't really... Oh, right. So you didn't take you, advantage I, of the full fruits of the... Uh... I'd only left school nine months ago. And then that, that I left early. And so I'm, I'm on top of the pops. My classmates are watching me. <laughs> yes, ex classmates. I mean, a funny, so, it's a funny story how you did manage to leave school school early though from your dad. Yes, well, well what happened? Uh, what happened was I I was gigging a lot in, from the age of fourteen. I was I was playing places like Speakeasy in, in those nightclubs. And, fourteen years old. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I physically wasn't allowed to actually drink in there, but they, they I could go in there and play at those times. I guess legally you couldn't, but no one really cared. You know. So you were right. at school, going and playing at the Speak. Yeah, yeah, the Speak. Yeah. Why, yeah. why are you yawning this morning in well, class? Well, exa exactly what happened. I, I was know, with I Jimi to... Hendrix. <laughs> yeah, yeah, almost. Yeah, no. Well, what happened? I developed a tap, as drummers do. I guess anybody who's lived with a drummer out there will, will know that that's, that's the true. sound they often hear, a bit like a woodpecker on heat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and so I'd go to school in the and in the and, and I'd be I'd be half asleep doing this. It didn't even know I was doing it because you just do it automatically. And they basically said to me because I literally just turned 15 I could leave in the April but this was like the February I just turned 15 and they said look if you uh, get a, a note from your father or your parents saying that you can leave now you can leave. of course I went home and said dad and he said well you've got a few gigs next week I go right <laughs> <"No."> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, left, I left school a little bit earlier than I should have done legally but um, that was only by a couple so months. Morris cannot come to history tomorrow yes, yeah, he's playing <laughs> with Jimmy Henry yeah yeah this week I, don't think yeah. The teacher, I don't think the teachers actually knew that Morris's dad was the manager perhaps they would have never made that connection it would be an inquiry years later retrospectively so let's talk about this nervous tapping so I remember this from school 
cool that the drummers yeah. at school were always yeah. always had two rulers on the desk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Doing. <laughs> I seem to remember they used to do the intro to Wipeout by the Safaris. Well, that, everything that, sounds sort of like that. Yeah. The, the, what was the, what was the first thing you could play on your on your thighs, and can you play it now? Well, well big, coming from yeah, okay, but the, coming from a, 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 a father who was a drummer and an uncle and a cousin, so so when I started to learn to play drums, of course they would tell me paradiddles. Paradiddle. Paradiddle is. Now, is then, believe it or not, there may be people out there who don't know what those Paradiddle is. How dare they? One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. So it's it's quite it's it's it's, it's a good a good thing to learn if you want to be a drummer because it's 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 good for your mind to separate your hands because that's what you have to do. You've got to, you're using two hands, two feet, all doing different things at the same same time. So that's the trick of being a drummer. The first one, you get over that one, then you're into be able to play the drums. But you have to be able to do that with your foot, this with the other foot, that with your hand, this with the other hand. So it's it's a very it's interesting this actually because uh, I always think the theory that DJs have uh, such a reputation for saying stupid things mm-hmm. is that the basic skill of a DJ is to be able to do something with your hands without thinking about it at all. Yes, yeah. indeed. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> to, to totally yeah. detach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Two yeah. It's a bit similar with the no, drummer. It, 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 it is. It, I mean, so it's twice as hard. <laughs> twice as stupid. <laughs> we've got this. Um, we've got this part of the show is where we're going to be doing showing really, really basic how how they can learn some some basic little rhythms. Which is one is um, uh, flats in Dagenham, which is a, a very famous. Which is well, Maurice, which is what they used to call. Yes. Yeah. So, see, Come I call, on. See, I call things like paradiddle, which is the correct name, but some people call them the, 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 well, mommy, daddy, mommy, daddy. Yeah. Or flats in dagger, flats in dagger. It's so, and that's oh. how they used to teach people. And that's how you do it. Or, or like lemonade, lemonade, Bob Marley. You know, it's all the different. I mean, instead of actually writing it down for someone, which is a foreign language to a lot of people, they would make it in words and put it in words, like flats in dagger, raisinets in Edinburgh, and things like that. So we're, we build people up um, to, to to the final, you know, and they're all gaining in confidence, and we build people up to the final one, which is. Uh, Timeshare Apartments in Clanford, Pril, Wincroft, Gothkigedic. Sound to silly, I'll go, go, go. Yeah, and then finally I'm going to have to try and play that one. Which, yeah. the, the, the train station Anglesey, which is, mm-hmm. believe me, by the time we get to the show, I would have learned how to say it. I'd have learned how to play it as you say it. <laughs> so, just, just one more thing I love about that. Thanks to the miracle of the internet nowadays, you can look, as I did this morning, Mm -hmm. and you can find Love Affair's date sheet from 1967, 68. What's a date sheet? They're just, you know, every night you're playing somewhere. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know, the speakeasy or the marquee or God knows what. And I note you were playing the Enemy Poll Winners concert. Yes, indeed. In fact, we've been doing some research here and some scanning, and I have. Oh, you haven't got the... You haven't got the... I've got a payment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got and it actually needs a, it actually needs a signature by D. Hepper. Oh, look at this. This is a beautiful thing. I just even borrow this and scan it and put it yeah, on the put it on the on the on the word website. Poll winners all star concert. It's got the it's got the ads from the Tremolos and uh, and <laughs> Jimi Hendrix. So who's on? Amen Corner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The association we're on came mm-hmm. all the way from America. America indeed, yeah. It was presumably um, uh, emceed by Tony Blackburn, the Dave D group, not the Dave, not Dave D. Dozy Beacon Mink and I just don't know why that is. He, could, he was probably making a bid to be in charge yeah. of it. <laughs> <on the laughs> top. That point, yes. And yeah. they still play in Germany, don't they? As, they do. as Josie Beacon. Well, he's still, no, he's still, oh, is he rejoined? But he's, no, no, he's very ill. 
I was at a gig with him right. recently because oh, I'm, right. I'm playing in Germany as well. Yeah, yeah. Says, And we we did a gig and he went on very early because he he, went, he goes on by himself. I guess to a backtrack virtually. Uh huh. But he had to rush off because he got he getting treatment. He got very bad. Oh dear. Very ill. Oh dear. Oh dear. Anyway, we wish him well. So heard there you are the love affair. Maurice Kin, the promoter's got his picture in the program. He was the only one there to me. Yes. yes so he could have yeah. his picture yeah, anywhere exactly. he wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lulu, whatever happened to her? Yeah, uh, Don Partridge, Cliff Richard, The Move, The Shadows, Jimmy Savile, Scott Walker, Status Quo, Dusty Springfield. It's just yeah. astonishing, isn't it? Yeah, Do you yeah, have yeah. any memory of that? Um, well, I, I, I remember. It used to take place in the afternoon, didn't it? Yes, well, yes, it started. I, I, I mean, Sunday you know, afternoon, I remember. Yes, but I say I wish I was twenty. I mean, I, this is 1967. Seven. So this is, yeah. I'm 16 here when we're doing this. This, right. this is the Wembley Arena. And we're doing this, and you know, and, and what amazes me is, I, I, I know that when we toured to like we used to play two thousand, three thousand capacity venues, and we would tour with, the, our PA system was two four by twelve speakers with a hole in the back, which was the monitor. Yeah. And this is just leaked out yeah, the back. Yeah, yeah, that's all you got to hear. That's enough. That's all you need. And, and the only people mic'd up would be the the, the vocals at the front. Yes. There's only a four channel. Where we put four things into the amplifier, and we were playing to two thousand screaming girls a night, and it was chaos going on. And God knows what anybody heard. So what anybody heard at music at these things in Wembley, when they may have had four columns there instead of two. God knows. And you're all doing one song or two songs, yeah, and then song, you yeah, they whipped yeah, you off. It's like a big, yeah, it's like a big. I, I, I remember saying to Maurice once, um, <clears throat> you know, with all these screaming girls, um, it, it was a, it was an amazing thing that in the sixties suddenly, um, suddenly there were screaming girls, and yet before I know there was Bobby Socks and Sinatra. But, but it was the advent of being a teenager and being proud to be a teenager. And I know there have been many books and articles about it, but suddenly there were these screaming girls everywhere. And I remember saying to him, I said, Morris, but where did they come from, these screaming girls? And I said, <laughs> but where have they gone? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? But you see, also, the big difference in those days, I was thinking there was, when I was reading some old interview where you were saying that everybody in those days had to be able to play knock on wood, hold on, I'm coming, yeah, whatever yeah, it was. Listening. Because I remember, Every band was a dance band. People yeah. went to dance. Well, there was no disco. Band. So, yeah, there's sort of no disco. No, so, I mean, basically, we, we, we would play. We, when I left school at 15, okay, I was virtually making a living playing because as a, as a, we were a fairly good band, uh, to say so myself, but we were a fairly good band, and we could go and play three or four nights a week for fairly good money just because we were a band. And we'd, we'd play, you know, a, 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 we'd play, you'd play in a, a shed in, in Hornchurch, which would be a youth club, because there were youth clubs in as well. This because there were more people than bands. Yes. Yeah, yeah. now it's turned around. Yeah. Yeah. If, if I lean out the shed now, yeah. Yeah. has anybody got a band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Somebody, yeah. Yeah. more There's than no, one. No, no, they're, they're around. You don't have to go around. that far, because yeah. Morris's son is in a band. Yeah, no, absolutely. As we speak, he's getting CDs for you. He's putting his suit on. I think, seriously, I think there was a kind of tip in the balance in the last few years <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. I think I actually did an, I, I wrote a piece about this I rang up the musicians union I said how many members have you got and they told me and then I rang up the plumbers union and I said how many members have you got right. and there were more musicians yeah. than there were plumbers but also because everybody wants plumbers yeah. but also you've got to think that um, that not all musicians are signed up to the musicians union either no no yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. that's money just, <laughs> <laughs> it used to have to be when I were lad <laughs> yeah, well, so you, so, so Matthew, then you're gone now. You don't have yeah. to do anymore. So move forward, okay? Mm-hmm. So when did you when did you start uh, getting involved in drumming and playing with bands? When I started, oh right, when I was um, again, when I was when I was young, um, I'd always have a drum kit on my Christmas list. But uh, did you ever get one? 
I did when I was when I was thirteen. I, I, I got a drum kit. And was it a proper drum kit, not a Chandelier, not? Um, it, it was cobbled together. Right. You know, it, 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 it wasn't the greatest, but to me then it was. You know, and it was always the aesthetics of it. It was always the look of it that, that was fascinating me. These two symbols that collapsed together. Oh and, yes, yes. You know, shiny bits. It was fascinating. So it appealed to you on the kind of boys level. Yeah. Like, like boys are like like Spitfires. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they totally, like drum kits. Totally. Yeah. It's the same thing. And uh, and I started joining bands when I was when I was fifteen. 16 because there weren't any other drummers in town I mean I, I, I lived so there. when are we talking about we're talking mid 80s so we're talking uh, 85 and you're in Birmingham and, and, and I mean the outskirts of Birmingham in a place called Bromsgrove and I was literally one of the only kids around who, who'd heard of the Sex Pistols or the Call to U2 or the bands of the time you know and uh, so I started joining the bands then, you know, right. and that's when I was bitten. Was, wasn't that drum machine era? Wasn't that the drum machine? Just oh, did you think you were, did, oh, you had to you think you were entering the professional? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you thought it was all going on. That's why there were no drummers around, yeah, because yeah. They, they, didn't, they, they didn't encourage drummers. Did anybody ever think in the drumming fraternity? <laughs> Our days are numbered. Here. Yeah, I'm coming sure along they with do. this. I'm sure they absolutely must have done. I mean, I'd, I'd sort of stopped by then. Right. But, but I, I, time, I mean, there, there is that. There is a brilliantly funny joke with uh, the difference between a drum machine and a drummer is that you only have to punch the information into a drum machine once. <laughs> um, but but it's been, I, I suppose at the end of the day, it is the. You know, I went to see Depeche Mode live and great, but at the end of the day, even they got a drummer in towards the end because. You want to see a drummer on stage. You want to feel the drums on stage. And, and I think people want that. And that's why the drummer has survived the the evil empire of drum machines. You see, I think... I'm going to look Skywalker drummer. I'm, I'm going to speak on your behalf here. You see, <laughs> I can tell you're embarrassed to, to advance the true you know, value of drummers here. Because, you know, I'm just a humble listener. Yes. I listen to millions of records. And I think the one thing you can't replace in a great band exactly. is a drummer. Exactly. You know, you take Ringo Starr out of the Beatles, it's not the Beatles anymore. Exactly. Like Charlie Watts or whatever. And I think John... I mean, it's a serious point there. No, do you, do you no, think that's true? Absolutely. No, no, people say you, you cannot have a great band without a great drummer. I think that's a fact. I think that's been proved. But I think with a drum, with a drum machine... That that was a style of music. It was never going to replace the drummer. All it was was great at doing a style of music which is very mechanical. Craftwork originated. Yeah. Then Human League took it on, etc. And the eighties did have that style. But people are always going to hop back to other styles. You know, people are going to go a bit further back, back to the sixties. Certainly in the nineties, late eighties and nineties, there was a sixties throwback and stuff. Yeah, bands, yeah. Stone Roses, etc. Started wanting to sound like those bands from the sixties. So therefore, the drummer came into vogue again. Now, you know? going back to the, the days when the electronic drum kit was around, I also remember a terrible, <laughs> short-lived abomination, which was you can probably tell me the technical term for these, which were drum kits that kind of were flat drums. They were. Yeah. Well, drums. Drums or syndromes or whatever. Yeah. You know, so they, 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 rather than looking like deep tub-like yeah, yeah. wonderful yeah. things, they looked like, well, it looked like somebody was, I don't know, playing they're a they're hostess trolley or something yeah. like that. Yeah, exactly. You still have them. You still have them. But nobody properly uses no, them. No, Do no, they I, I, don't look right. Exactly. Well, it's like cooking on a hostess trolley. It just, it just won't work. It's <laughs> not <laughs> proper. <is> it? <laughs> no, no, it's it's not. like the guitar. You know, the yeah. guitar briefly, which didn't have the machine heads. Yeah. Oh, you're ridiculous. It's yeah. just yeah, 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 stupid. Yeah, yeah. You can't believe it ever got to the point of being launched, exactly. can you? Exactly. <laughs> but they do try these things. You know what I mean? They keep yeah. trying in these provides of evil. They, <laughs> they still do use the electronic drum. They use them for practicing. They've got to practicing. If you, if you live in a flat... Right, yes, yes. Yeah, and you put that... And, they, and they're good for recording. If you don't have to see them, the thing is, is they don't... They look terrible. Yeah. They look really bad. I mean... Oh, they look... They look, look everything false yeah. about pop music exactly, is, exactly, is exactly. embodied in that. Yeah. Now, the, I want 
want to know about you know, recording with drums nowadays. We hear a lot about things called click tracks. Mm. And, you know, they, they always used to spend... On the rare occasions I went to recording studios back in the 70s or whatever, it used to take weeks to set up the drum kit and get a drum sound. That's right, yeah. The you know, snare sound. Yeah, the snare yeah. sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so all the rest of the band would be in the pub while the yeah, song yeah, just yeah. going bang, boom, bang, boom, boom, bang yeah, yeah. for weeks. Mm. Yeah. And then they'd have to lay down the basic track, which very often wandered a little bit, because mm-hmm. the drummer might have difficulty. Well, that's, that's the argument why Ringo didn't play drums on the Beatles' first single, wasn't it? That George Martin said he couldn't keep time. Mm. Yeah. Or get a guy in who can keep time. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas nowadays, do people, they use a, a, a click track that they listen to, that they play along well, with? Is that well, fair? I was, my whole recording career, really, um, you know, I didn't really start recording um, properly until... Uh, the 90s and the start of the 90s and click tracks with certain producers were de rigueur certainly with the first producer of our first album which was Ian Brody from the Lightning Seeds and he's since yeah. he produced and he produced Bunny Men back in the in the 80s and he wouldn't he wouldn't record unless we had a click track so I had to learn very quickly how to because um, he was worried that he was going to lose the rhythmic discipline well, well also by then computers were coming in and and he knew that if he wanted to do anything any syncing up to computers later on it would have to be to a computer yeah, track that's so probably what happened and, the, and you can't really record nowadays without a click track you have to know how to do it to tell you the truth you know i, I prefer to really i prefer to because it's uh, it's one thing you don't have to worry about is your tempo <laughs> so you're telling me that charlie watts uh, records to a click track no 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 i'm not saying that at all <laughs> charlie watts doesn't even uh, allow roadies to uh, to tune his kids no. or to change the skins <laughs> on his uh, I, knew, I, knew, I nearly met charlie actually when we when we um when we realized that this was going to be uh, this idea was going to be a goer um we, we realized that we wanted to invite guests as well um who who might want to come so we had our top list of drummers to aim for who was on your list gone oh well to be behind you you can see you can oh, see oh good grief we've got our, <laughs> that's incredible list we've got our aces we've got there's Charlotte. a whole whiteboard here yeah. <laughs> it looks like looks like top yeah. gear or something here yeah yeah, yeah yeah go on who we yeah. got on there we've got Kenny charlie. jones charlie Char- ringo charlie ringo collins phil who, we, <laughs> who we've got a reply from right yeah. oh, yeah. lovely lovely email from mr collins yeah uh uh, and uh, yeah, well, Tommy Lee, Stuart Copeland, Meg White, uh, down to Roger Taylor. He's he, so you see, uh, basically the way we've cards. done it is playing cards, playing card identification, which is how they did the Iraq War. Do you remember? Oh right. Ha- uh, Saddam okay. Hussein was that's an not, ace. That's not good. <laughs> 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 we've got our aces and yeah. our kings. We've got our, our aces and our kings, and yeah, we've got Caroline Core down there. She's a ten. Rick Allen from Def Leppard. Not having much luck with them. But the ones with the with, with the lineup. Surely Caroline Cole would go straight up the top there, wouldn't she? she I mean, well, if she replied to us, she would. She would. <laughs> She'd be absolutely <laughs> Absolutely. We've invited Nick Mason to car, to to drive up in one of his cars. Yeah, of course. All the way up to Edinburgh. But anyway. So what you need is a stellar drummer. Yeah. Near Edinburgh. Yeah, absolutely. So if anybody happens to know any, there you go. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, as I said, we have got Toby Lip, the the, the journalist. Uh, he, he's definitely coming in, and we have got other ones coming in as well. But Charlie, we found out that, that there was the Royal Gala, well, not the Royal, but the Gala performance of Shine a Light, his Martin Scorsese film, yeah. at the Berlin Film Festival in January, even way back then. Uh, so we thought Berlin, twenty quid and easy jet, go there. So we, um, so I stood outside the. Um, this is how to get in touch with Charlie. This Wall. is how to get Easy Charlie Jet to yeah, Berlin. To Berlin. Yeah. Uh, okay. No, no. Since then, we found out a really, really good way is to write to the management <laughs> or the PA or someone connect. No, no, no. Back then, we thought really good idea. Let's fly to Berlin, Berlin Film Festival. 
he's bound to be there and I'm bound to be able to give him an invitation. So four hours it's... outside the, the <laughs> cinema, waiting for them all to turn up. And by then, you've got some seriously nasty Rolling Stones fans pushing you out the way. Of course. Elbow, rubber. And, and Charlie turns up and I'm there with an invitation, which is now kind of crumpled yeah, in my yeah, hand. Yeah. Charlie! Charlie! And, uh, and what has it come to? Why am I doing this? And, and Mick actually comes over. Mick Jagger comes over to the area of fans where, where we were. And we've actually got it on camera, and you can see this at the show, where I, I say, Mick, Mick, we, we give that to Charlie! <laughs> and he looked at me like a, I was a piece of dog poo. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, no. I'm like, well, of course no. you won't. <laughs> of course you won't. No. Why would you do that? <laughs> well, you're, touching, you're touching faith in the idea that you can make contact with the great and the good by leaning across a barrier. <laughs> you presumably think that all the small children are give pos posies to the queen. Yes. And then the queen gets in the car and goes, these are really nice. <laughs> I must put these by my bed. Exactly. Rather than flinging along to a line of equerries. Well, you never really truly know that, David, unless you do it yourself. <laughs> You have to prove these things, and now I've proved you it. You should have given it to me, because I, I walked into a posh restaurant in, uh, in the West End of London two months ago, and there, sitting near the door, Charlie Watts. <laughs> Charlie Watts, how old is Charlie Watts? You know, he's in his 60s or whatever. Yeah, yeah. There's a man who's enjoying the full fruits of, you know. That morning, he's put on a, a pair of box-fresh socks, as yeah. he does every day. Yeah. You know, he's gone through his ties and so forth. Fabulous three-piece suit on there, surrounded by women. I know. At lunch, just I surrounded know. by adoring women, yeah, you thought he made the right decision. No, he is, he's <laughs> phenomenal. Charlie is he is amazing because you listen to him play, and it's it's. A, I'm not going to say it's sloppy. I would never dare say that. But it's the, Charlie Watts. It's Charlie Watts. He so, can do what he likes. Exactly, and and I think the reason is is because he follows Keith, and Keith is sometimes not always there. So, <laughs> oh right, so they get yes. It's that way round in that band. Keith Keith is the timekeeper, and Charlie follows Keith. Which is always an Elvis Costello, I talked to about this, had a very complicated theory. He said that the, that the, the, the Rolling Stones were completely not like the normal rock band. He may have said something like that. Yeah. But Keith does a rhythm section and, yeah. and, yeah. and Charlie's doing Charlie something. Charlie plays on top. Something yeah. slightly different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maurice, is there any truth in this? The, the, the story I often hear told that the, the great drummers are all slightly slow, slightly behind. It was slightly um, dragging back. He said, he said slightly slow. <laughs> slightly behind, he said. Did he really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just getting that. Hold on. Do you want a biscuit? Another <laughs> sandwich. Yes, they Another sandwich, Maurice. <laughs> Have they been to see you? <laughs> yes, they When's your programme on? <laughs> Absolutely, yes, they are slightly slow, you're correct. <laughs> 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 no, seriously, but they're never kind of pushing it. Oh, it's on the big yeah, 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 I don't know how you'd explain. Oh, I mentally. No, no, no. <laughs> well, okay, then maybe that. <laughs> now, behind the beat. No, no, the good ones, I think, are. Yeah. yeah. The good ones are behind that. And, and you can hear it in extreme cases in the, the guy from Free, Simon Kirkup. He was extremely behind the beat. Kenny Jones from The Small Faces and The Faces, very much behind the beat. John Bonham, very much behind the beat. You know, the ones that aren't, aren't very good, I don't think. Like those awful poodle, poodle drummers from the 80s in bands like Poison and Guns N' Roses and things like that. They, they were too on the beat because click tracks had come in by then and it was all precise and there was no feel or soul there. Now, you see, that's very interesting you should say that because that's normally the prejudice that I would hold as an old man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I would listen to these things, and I think, you know, I, I listen to loads of bands, particularly out the rolling, uh, out the states, 
that are described as rock. Mm. And to me, they don't rock. No. no. They, they, they make all the noise of rock yeah. bands. But they don't actually rock. It yeah. isn't the Rolling Stones or Led Zeppelin. They rock. No, yeah. exactly. Well, because them, uh, specifically, John Bonham uh, was his favourite drummer was 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 James Brown and, yes. and Motown. He wasn't and a rock drummer. His no, he drummer. wasn't a rock drummer. He didn't. He wasn't into rock. He was into soul and jazz and funk. And uh, and a lot of the sixties drummers were into jazz and soul. And especially yeah, the Rolling yeah, Stones yeah, were into yeah, you know yeah. the Beatles were into soul. And so therefore they they'd be trying to play like Al Jackson from Booker T and yeah, Gs. And, and, and nobody can play like Al Jackson. Exactly. <laughs> not even Al Jackson. No, not anymore. <laughs> but the, this was uh, true, because when, yeah. when I was brought up, was, when I started playing, it, it was all about the rhythm. It was all about the band sounding as a band and making that whole thing. You know, the drummer's job was to be there to make the thing swing. Yeah. That, that was, you know, forget about doing roles or how flash you could be. You, the, the number one important thing was to make that band swing, make that band rock. I think now, you know, people just, it's like every kind of gets the last one to the end of the story. Yes, yeah. You know, it's like some of a race to get yeah. there first, you know, and, and not about the listening to what everybody else is playing and listening to how they're playing and playing with them, you know. And they're, they're the good bands. They're the bands that really make yeah. you tap your feet and really yeah. make you move, you know. So let's talk about a difficult area. We've, we've been talking long enough. I feel we can level Are, are we about to talk about bass players? <laughs> We can do that in a second. That is a no-no for me. Well, you're going to walk. Uh, I wanted to talk about the difficult business of drum solos. Ah. Now, ah. have you? You know, have you? You must have surrendered to the pressure to, yes. to well, 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 the, or the they, pressure that comes entirely from the drummer. Well, they, it's serious, though, isn't it? It's well, yeah, exactly. Well, they do say um, uh, a drum solo is like a sneeze. Is it? You know, it's coming, but you just can't stop it. <laughs> 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 but you, you're not from an era where they were very frowned upon. Oh, sure. absolutely, and 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 I still do not. I mean, I, I play with um, Ian McNabb um, and the Article Works um, sometimes for my sins. Um, he's a he's a dear friend, but uh, he's very very steeped in rock tradition, and uh, and occasionally he'll look at me. And, and nod to me and go on, do a drum solo. And I'm, no chance. No, <laughs> so so I, I would would you know how to even start? Well, yes. I mean, you just throw yourself at the kit and see where you end up. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but you can tell me that there's no more science than that to it. <laughs> uh, yes, I mean, if it, when the drum solo was important, like John Bonham with Moby Dick, etc., then he would have put a little bit of thought into it. Cause Two minutes it, before that. If it's going to last 15 minutes, it's like, how am I going to last 15 yeah, minutes? Yeah. You know? But, but and, and I know they are important. Impressive, and I know people like him, you know, I, and I have been known to do the odd one. Uh, but no, it's from my ear, it's not, it was never, it was never thought of as a good See, because I always feel that, that even when I quite liked them when I was young and impressionable, <laughs> I always felt the best bit of the drum solo was the 30 seconds before you thought the band were going to come back in. You <laughs> <laughs> know what I mean? <laughs> Whereas, and your, your pleasure in them, you know, was entirely went along with how long you thought they were going to be. <laughs> yeah. And so what I think they should do with drum solos, it should have a clock at the side of, you know, yeah. when somebody launches the drum solo, <laughs> it should make it plain whether it's four minutes or it's 14 minutes or it's yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got time, you know, go and get a drink. Yeah, or, you know, yeah. I really yeah. like that idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, really like I saw Mickey Hart with the Grateful Dead launch into a drum oh. solo at Wembley. Uh, and uh, Grateful Dead are, you know legendarily incontinent on every musical front, you know, but when it comes to drums. And they have two drummers as well. Anyway, launches... Oh, we're going to talk about two drummers in a minute. Uh, launches the drum solo, I think. I listen to it for ten minutes, I think. I can't take this any longer. I leave, I go to the back of Wembley, I walk down the side of Wembley, I go and get the car out of the car park, 
I drive the car, I queue up along the side of Wembley, and only when I'm finally pulling out into the main road do I hear somebody go, ladies and gentlemen, Mickey Hart. <laughs> and he's been going all that time, and I think even his own flesh and blood couldn't have tolerated that. <laughs> See, that's it's people like that, 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 that we're trying to wrestle the image of drums away from. Right. You know, it's, it's this kind of, people are going to be interested in drums for, for that amount of time. Surely not. <laughs> Let's you know? <laughs> talk about two drummers, Morris. Is, yeah. is it ever justified, two drummers? Really? I mean, why does a man have two, two drummers? Um, probably not. A drummer and a percussionist, maybe. Okay. But two drummers is a little excessive, really. And, and does it only happen because you end up with two and there's one you can't fire? <laughs> probably. Yeah, I mean, yeah, probably, I, probably they're both related to the scene. Yes. <laughs> somebody's got, somebody's got the van or something. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, 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 think... I can't think why you'd have two. I mean, I mean... You know, well, he who we can't mention anymore oh, had, two dr- <laughs> had two drummers, but they played the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so exactly. they were just doubling, they were just doing jack, doing jack, doing jack, doing jack, doing jack. So it's just louder. Well, yeah, I guess. It's, My generation, it, it, was, um, it was a band called Rialto. Oh. Exactly, yeah. Oh. They had two drummers. And I think it's, it's more like a, a, a gimmick thing. It's an indulgence. It's, it, it, it's makes a gimmick you, thing. It makes you look kind of military, doesn't it? Yeah. Look, look at all the steel they've got at the back of the stage. I mean, I mean if it's done well, then yeah. I think... I think Phil Collins, Phil has two drummers, doesn't he? Because oh, well, only Kazim come out the front. Yeah, he, sing, he, come, he, come, he plays with two drummers. And, and yeah. I mean, it's a different class, really, of... Drumming, so it's something, generally speaking, should have to have a permit from the government. I think yeah, so, a license. So, yeah. It yeah. should yeah. be a yeah. licensing of drummers. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So along, if, with, if we, along with first let's, let's have a glut of drummers. Okay, yeah. if we have a glut of drummers, then they need the work, right? Then every band should have one, so at least all the drummers are working. There you yeah. go. <laughs> so if we're going to introduce laws and regulations yeah. governing drumming, okay, yeah. what are they going to be? You can't have two drummers without a note from your mum or from right. the government yeah. or something yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah, what else? Um, that uh, bass players uh, can only talk to you via interpreter <laughs> and on a Monday and via email. So, so no actual one-to-one communication with bass players. Are you saying this because there's a history of animosity between the, the two <sighs> Well, what I'm trades. saying, David, really, is if you go back in time, you know, way back in time, you see a man, a Neanderthal man, with a stick hitting a rock. You know, you don't see a man with a ponytail in front of space. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're arguing he had no right to be there. No, get off my stage. You're arguing that Booker and the MGs would be just as well if Doug Dunn had never joined it, yeah. just been Al Jackson. No, he can just perform behind the curtains. Oh, okay. that's fine. That's okay. So, yeah. are you jealous of this person? Do you, do you seriously? Do you feel as a drummer that you're kind of tethered to the bank there? And well, you never, it's like the piano player, isn't it? Kind of a sex symbol piano player. Yeah. Well, well, he's going to move yeah, about. Yeah, well, well, Morris does have this thing where, the, 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 where well, you, you say, but why do you think singers are the way they are and drummers yeah, aren't? I mean, because part of, part of what we've discussed in our, uh, while we've been talking about and preparing for the show is the difference between different musicians in a band and why they are. So, so the main problem with most bands is, is, is their singer. Very big difference between a drummer and a singer. Very, very big you know, attitude to you know, how they are. And, and my theory is that if you're the singer in a band, right, you're out the front there, you've got this skinny little mic stand to protect you from the audience, and you're full on. As a drummer, you're at the back, you're surrounded by Hidden drums, behind cymbals, things. you can just And relax. cymbals make great shields. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really good shields, <laughs> you just pull them down like that, you know, so you can hide behind things. So you almost look like you're not part of it if it's going wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You just yeah. keep your head yeah, down. I've never thought of that before. And when... you can go, nothing to do with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just the drummer. Yeah. And in a while, you look at 
Charlie Watson, he's got that kind of attitude of like... <laughs> yes, what are these clowns? Yeah, 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 nothing yeah. to do with me. Hey, I just what makes me do this? If I didn't have to leave this, if I had to leave this sink, I could sort him out. Like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> somebody's got to keep it going. Yeah. Well, he's that brilliant story as well where Mick Jagger's like, it's my drummer. Yeah, and, then, and then Charlie smacked him. I'm not said, surprised. And said, I'm not your drummer, you're my fucking singer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but from then on, it was like, yeah, okay. But seriously, do you find yourself with any admiration for singers, though? Because Absolutely. Just, you yeah. know, because yeah. the nerve, yeah. the, the courage it must take to no, do that. Particularly when no. you start off and you're completely unknown. You know? I, yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, but it does take a certain breed of person to, yeah. to, to, to be these. I mean, I'll say to Morris, he's like, did you ever have any LSD in the 60s? And, uh, and Morris says, what, lead singer disease? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, uh, you know, they are really a breed. I mean, we do go into that in the show a little bit as well, you know, about um, what kind of attitude you've got to have to be a singer. I mean, but with me, within Dodgy anyway, I mean, I did a lot of singing... So it's fairly democratic. Course, and also the drums, you know, I was pretty... Drums concerned. off to one side, weren't drums you? Drums off to one side. See, big was, revolution there. Exactly. Drums off to one side. Yeah, exactly. That's what the band do, there, isn't it? Levon Helmer was on the right. Exactly, Levon Helmer. It's exactly. But he is a singer. Exactly. Levon Helm is a, is a big turning point in the, in the world of drums, I think, because he was such a great singer, such a great drummer, almost a band leader in a way. And not, and not alone, actually. Uh, well, Don Henley. Don Henley. Karen he's, Carpenter. He's not, a, he's not a great drummer, though, Don Henley. Okay, he's good enough, isn't he? Well, no, we yeah. go My wife is a massive Eagles fan, so every time they play, I go see the Eagles, and and um, and they have two drummers. So that um, when the other drummer, can actually drum. Yeah, when the other drummer comes on, you can tell the difference. I see. You can really tell the difference. But he's all right. He's okay. But he's great. You know, he's fantastic. Is, absolutely, he's fantastic. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, you know, but, but as a drummer, he's not. The other drummer they bring on is much better than him. But so I think just there, there, there goes. Sorry, there goes um, the chance of the love affair sporting the Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> yes. On the next yeah. tour, they come yeah. over. Yeah. By was the way, Don. Was that on the horizon? <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the way, Don. Yeah. This is Matthew from Dodgy, and I didn't say that. I think you're brilliant. <laughs> and I'm available. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Usual rights. Yeah. Now, love affair. Mm. So you joined love affair in when? When are we talking about? 1966. Six. Well, Soul Survivor '66. Okay. So started love affair. When my father actually started. I didn't join. My father actually put the band together right. effectively but in 1966 so, yeah. and still going yes yes indeed no 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 absolutely and I was reading that a member recently walked out in a huff after 30 years <laughs> yes <laughs> and he wasn't even an original member <laughs> 30? Count up 30 years. I know, absolutely. No, no, no. He didn't walk out in a half. No, he didn't. Yeah, yeah, I'm exaggerating. Yeah, 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 this but, is the yeah. idea of somebody, yeah, 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 somebody no, no. flouncing. I've had enough. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was a bit of something. It's a long story, but it wasn't just that far from that sort of story, really. But yes, after 30 years. Well, you know, they've been... They, they, I mean, I haven't been... I, I already rejoined them a couple of years ago. Right. I, I had that... We talked about a little earlier about this drummer... You know, this bank manager is now becoming a drummer, reached 50 years old and want to play. Of course, I reached 50 years old or 55 years old and wanted to play again. And so, yes, this is so, the thing that happens to blokes in their 50s. We were yes. discussing this earlier, yeah. earlier actually. My next door neighbour's got a drum kit yeah. and so yeah. forth. It used to be motorbikes, yeah. now it's But in my particular instance, you see, you look at it, right? I haven't played for a quarter of a century. I'm, not at I'm, all. I'm not at all. I'm 50, over that time, 54 years old. Where else am I going to get a gig? Right. <laughs> so, did, so you had to you had to start again. No, no, no. They, I, I joined them. They never, no, no, they could be going. No, but I mean, you had to start playing the drums. I, I practiced. So, I, did, did did that give yeah any problem in your your yeah, joints no, no, or no, anything no, no, like no, that? I, I, Gentleman I, of an advanced stage. I, 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 I did my knee in. First thing I did, from playing a hi hat, I suddenly went. I had to go and get that scene too. But I I practiced. I you know you have to you have to practice. You you have to you know. 
you know, when I was brought up to play, you practiced, you know, they said the great drummers, like Buddy Rich, would practice eight hours a day. That's what he did. Yeah, he would yeah. get up in the morning and he would play his practice drums. And if anyone is worried, uh, don't yeah. worry, we will have a St John's ambulance on the side of the road <laughs> at the show in Edinburgh, yeah. just in case Morris does have a, but it is, have I, a turn. I, I will say know. that it is great playing drums again. It, it is fabulous. I, 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 it's release. Yeah, it's just great. It's a great, you know, I wish I could have, I wish... I wish I was Charlie Watts. I wish I could have had all my life playing drums, really. You know, it's just a fabulous thing to do. So, well, here we are in the, in the shed where Morris actually he has a special... This shed is so commodious. <laughs> it, has, it has three rooms, doesn't it? Amazing. We're in the office That's bit amazing. at the front looking out on the lawn. And then behind it, he's got a drum store, yeah, with his kit in there. What you got behind there? A shed. A shed. An actual shed. shed. But there's just, yeah, just, yeah, just one yeah, rake in the yeah, bottom yeah, yeah, yes, That's the only yeah, garden implement that he's actually yeah, got. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, the show is in at the Edinburgh Festival, yep. starting when? Uh, well, we have previews on the 30th of July, uh, but it's starting good and proper on August the 4th. And you're pl- uh, at where? At, well, the Bongo Club. The though. Bongo the Club, Bongo so you know no excuse for getting there. <laughs> exactly. The Bongo Club, which is on Holyrood Street in Edinburgh, and it's from 4.30 till 5.30 every day. I think before us or after us, there's a kids' comedy show. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> So, so we can yeah. just blame them if it goes wrong. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, but it's uh, yeah, and it's going right to the end, right till the twenty fourth of August. Well, brilliant. Best of luck with it. And if anybody wants to know about it, I suppose you Google you is probably the best. Uh, you got yeah, two drummers. Two drummers dot com. Dot com. Two drummers. T W O drummers dot com. Uh, find out details about it. If anybody yeah. happens to be out there at Edinburgh, and if it's big success, you can take it elsewhere, presumably. Exactly. I mean, what, well, one thing I do want to say at the start, the one thing that we did. Um, well, that was an inspiration for not inspiration, but made us think. Hang on, we could do something good here. Is uh, is Guy Pratt had a show oh, called right. My Bass and Other Animals? Oh, so it's <laughs> Revenge. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, well, he's a bass player. <laughs> the bass player can stand on stage. First, yeah. I know he got there first, which annoys me. Yeah. But if he can go on stage and tell stories, then we can do it. God, it's going to be good, you know. So we finish, finish with with the drummer Joe Keach. Go on. Well, what's the difference between a savings bond and a drummer? I don't know. What is the difference between a savings bond and a drummer? One eventually matures and makes money. (laughs) (laughs) Morris, what's the difference between a large pizza and a drummer? I don't know. What is the difference between a large pizza and a drummer? A large pizza can feed a family of four. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast was brought to you by The Word. Details at wordmagazine.co.uk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.